Reset. Uh, do you know what those acronyms refer to? If you are an educator, and I happen to be married to one, I also spend quite a bit of time with them on our campus of ministry here, uh, you most likely do know what each of those stands for. Uh, I only know a couple of them, uh, but these are all academic assessments that are given to students at various ages throughout their educational career that are meant to test their knowledge. They're all tests. So the, the STAR test is the state of Texas assessments for academic readiness. I actually put it up there wrong. It should be S-T-A-A-R. That's how it should be up there instead of STAR with two R's. And according to the Texas Academic Agency, the STAR tests are designed to measure what students are learning and whether or not they are ready for the next grade level, ready or not they're ready to move on into the next level of education. Uh, according to the website of the producers of the MAP test, is the most trusted and innovative assessment for measuring achievement and growth in K-12 math, reading, language usage, and science. It provides teachers with accurate, actionable evidence to help inform instructional strategies. Uh, the PSAT, it used to stand for the Preliminary Scholastic Aptitude Test, but apparently they dropped the actual acronym for it, and it's just PSAT. But it's taken by high school sophomores and juniors. It helps them to prepare for the SAT, which is an important test in college admissions. And also discovered that the PSAT can also be incredibly helpful and useful for obtaining different scholarships and test their competency and their knowledge in the subjects of reading and writing and language and math. All of these tests, they help teachers and students too. They help them to understand where those students are. They help them to get to the right resources to teach and instruct them and, and help them to grow. They, they help to define where there might be gaps in their knowledge that they can address in a better way. And so if we find it important enough to continue to grow in our knowledge of subjects like math and science and literature, reading and writing, if we find it important enough that we subject our kids to a barrage of tests throughout their academic career in order to know and understand where they're at, if we find that important enough, in the secular sphere, then shouldn't we also find it important to grow in our knowledge in the spiritual sphere? And shouldn't we also find it important that we grow in our knowledge of God? And among all the subjects that we think about and study, shouldn't theology be one of them? I'm not telling you today that you need to go and enroll in a seminary school. And I don't have a test to hand out to you this morning. No Scantron bubbles to fill out. I don't even think they do that anymore. No iPads to distribute to you. 
You can take a, a test on those, no, no, no online form that I'm going to direct you to. But I think it's important for us to recognize and for us to ask ourselves if we know about ourselves where and how and in what manner we can grow in the knowledge of God. And maybe a more important question, do you understand where the greatest knowledge should be? Because the greatest knowledge that you can have, it is not up here, but it's in here. If you're taking notes today, that's the first thing that I'd have you write down. The greatest knowledge that we can have, it is not in the head, but it is in the heart. The men and women of first century Ephesus, this city in which there were believers to whom Paul was writing in this letter we have called Ephesians, those men and women, they may have been highly educated or not, but Paul prayed that they would become enlightened. And he prayed that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened. You see that here. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Are you eager and excited for that to happen in your life? We have this wonderful privilege before us this morning that we get to see a young lady of our congregation confirmed in her faith. And we're going to celebrate everything that has gone on in her life to this point, how she has grown and matured in that faith. We're going to celebrate together with her, but our prayers for her are that she will continue to grow in that faith, continue to mature in that faith. And those prayers that we pray for her, they can be the same prayers that we pray for ourselves and for each other. That we would all continue to grow in our faith. And dear friends, God doesn't want you to ever think that you have graduated from your faith. He continually wants more for you. He doesn't just want you to, to celebrate all those blessings you have, the blessings that we talked about last week, to, to simply be content to receive them all, but not to, to grow in your understanding of God and who He is. God desires that you will know Him better. Because God desires that you will know greater hope. Constantly. And so Paul had this greater hope in his vision for the believers in the city of Ephesus. God has this greater hope and this greater knowledge in his vision for you and your life. And you look at what Paul wrote to those believers... He said, for this reason, as he starts his section, he says, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And Paul knew of their faith. That they had this trust in this amazing message, in this amazing truth, that God, the Almighty God, had sent down to earth, his own son, to take on human flesh and blood, that very same flesh that would be pierced for his creatures, the very same blood that he would pour out, that would be shed 
to wash us clean, to call them into God's family once again, to redeem them, buy them back, make them dearly loved children of God. They had that faith, and such a faith, it led them to live lives of love towards one another, lives of service to those around them. Paul knew of that faith. And he celebrated it. Their faith wasn't deficient. They weren't struggling. They weren't falling away. They weren't becoming weak in that faith. There weren't any problems or issues that Paul needed to correct and address with that faith. No, he gave thanks for their faith. But he didn't want to stop with thanksgiving. He wanted more for them. He wanted to pray that God would give them more, that they would continue to grow deeper in their relationship with God, that they would gain even more. And so he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Dear friends, your faith it may be strong. It, it may be firm and, and rock solid. And you, you may go out into this world and boldly proclaim that faith to your friends and your family, your neighbors and your coworkers. And we give thanks for that. But still, God wants you to grow. Still, God wants you to grow in your knowledge of Him, to know Him better and better, so that every single day, constantly, you can have greater hope. And dear friends, if your faith is weak, if you feel yourself struggling, if there's still doubts that are floating around in your mind, if there are still questions that you are asking and you're hoping to find the answers to, God wants you to know him better. God wants you to grow in your faith so that you too can know greater hope. And so whether your faith is strong and firm or your faith is, is troubled and feels weak, you have the same instructor, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, Paul's plea was that the Holy Spirit would be active in the lives of those Christians in Ephesus, that he would increase their faith through these gifts of wisdom and revelation. God's Holy Spirit provides us that wisdom in our life to, to go through our life and make God-pleasing decisions based on God's Word as the Holy Spirit instructs us through and with God's Word. The Holy Spirit comes with His gift of revelation. He makes known to us what otherwise we wouldn't know. And He continues to reveal so much to us. To reveal how God operates, His desires, His actions in the past, His promises for the future as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's incredible mercy and grace, His kindness, the Holy Spirit makes known so much to us. 
And you notice that Paul called God our Father the glorious Father. God's glory, it is so big, so magnificent, so majestic, so significant that we could never know everything that there is to know about God and His grace. We could never exhaust the depth and the breadth of God's glory and majesty that we find shared with us in the pages of Scripture. This knowledge of God, it is, it is so big. And so, dear friends, let us never be so arrogant, so prideful to think that we have exhausted it. But instead, let's grow in the knowledge of God because there is so much to gain a greater hope. That's what Paul talks about, this greater hope that we can have. And when you realize that the most important knowledge you can have, it's not up here, it's in your heart. You can gain so much. There's three specific things that Paul talks about that come from knowing the great hope. And I, I want to kind of distill them down into three different words with these phrases from the Apostle Paul. First of all, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that, number one, you know the hope to which he has called you. And dear friends, when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the great hope that we have in Jesus Christ, it allows us to gain greater confidence. You have an amazing hope. He's called you to a hope that is sure and certain. You have this unshakable hope in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the hope that you can boldly confess before the world. It's this miraculous hope that, that I confess to, this hope that though I am a wretch, though far too often my heart is black with anger, with malice, with envy, and hate. The blood of my Savior Jesus washes that heart. It washes it clean to make it pure and white. That Christ's blood shed on the cross, it reinvigorates you for an incredible outlook on your future. Because that future, in Christ's resurrection, your future, it is secure. Eternity is yours. And so this, this greater hope that you have, it gives you undeterred confidence. The kind of confidence that helps you to persevere through danger or disaster or hardship. The kind of confidence that allows you to differentiate between the horrors that you see out there in the world with your physical eyes and the truth that you know and you see with the eyes of your heart that God remains in control. That God will one day call you home to Him. The truth that the eyes of your heart know that you have this greater hope in Christ. And greater hope means that you have greater confidence. 
This greater hope also means that you have greater contentment. We are so ridiculously blessed in the country in which we live. And yet, doesn't it seem that contentment is so elusive? Because you and I, we always want what's bigger and what's better and and what's brighter and what's newer and what's costlier and our contentment fades away. But with a greater hope that God gives us, if Paul's prayer can be true for you and the eyes of your heart, not your head, but the eyes of your heart can be open to see what you have, then your heart will see the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God's glorious inheritance is yours. And nothing is better. Nothing is bigger than that. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing is is brighter. Nothing is newer. Nothing is costlier than that because this inheritance, it was purchased for you with the holy, innocent, and precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, the very perfect, holy Son of God. How rich and decadent the inheritance that he gives to you, that he has graciously given to you. And so as you grow in the knowledge of God, you will see that glorious inheritance and you can know greater contentment. And dear friends, finally, the third thing that you can know with greater hope is that you can know and gain greater courage. You gain this greater courage because you know the power that is at work for your good. Paul writes that he desires for you to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. There is no greater hope that you will find in this world from any other source. There is no greater hope because there is no greater power. And Paul explains what this power is. He says that power is the same as that mighty strength that he, God, exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Your God raised Jesus, a dead man. He raised him up from the dead. If God can do that, is there anything he can't do? He has this incredible power. And Paul says that this incredible power that he has, there's no comparison. It goes beyond all measure. It's off every chart. It goes beyond the limits of everything that we know. incomparable to anything else. This great power. And so you know this truth that gives you courage. You know this truth that can eliminate the fear of death. You know the promise that your Savior has ascended into heaven. And the promise that Paul gives us and reminds us of at the very end of this reading, God placed all things under his feet 
and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, for the church's good, for your good, that God will use his incomparably great power for you. So are you ready for the next level of your faith? And can you identify some strategies for you personally so that you will continue to grow in the knowledge of your God? Whether you have worn the pages of your Bible thin through years of study, or if the margins in that Bible, they've become so crowded with your notes that there's, there's no more room. Or maybe you stood and you're going to stand before the congregation today and you're, you're going to confess your faith. You're going to be confirmed in that faith. Maybe today was your first day walking in here. Or maybe you found this, this video or this podcast online because you were searching to find some hope in your life in a desperate situation. No matter who you are, no matter where your faith is at, God wants you to know greater hope today and greater hope tomorrow and greater hope the next day. He wants you to continue to grow in your knowledge of him And as you grow to know him and his love ever more clearly, ever more intimately, you will grow in the hope that you have. And so our prayers, the prayers that we can pray for ourselves, the prayers that we can pray for one another, we can add those prayers to Paul's prayer here, that the eyes of our hearts might be opened, that we might know God better. And as we grow in the knowledge of God, as this Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation works through God's word, that we would gain greater confidence, greater contentment, greater courage, and greater hope. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.